Welcome back to episode 119 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 31. Game Week 30 was a fairly low scoring one for most of the leagues I'm involved with, but I expect Game Week 31 to have a bit more going on with some very fun matchups. This episode will pay particular attention to the fixtures. I'm sort of going to have a look between now and the end of the season, which isn't very far away now so that we can start to plan for any options we might be wanting now to potentially keep for the stretch. Now, I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, the 12th of April, so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then, and of course, subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Christian Eriksen, Kelechi Iheanacho and Sam Johnston. So let's get into it. So let's start with waiver watch then the main ins and outs on last week's waiver wire starting with the ins um, looking at eight team leagues Graylish, Alvarez and Stones with the top three for Manchester City uh, all looking like pretty good moves with Mings, Larice and Gundogan coming in the main players moving out were Almiron, Saliba, Mitrovic, Ianacho, Forster and Billing. In larger leagues who uh, don't have the luxury of making some of those moves, the main ins were Carlo Vinicius, Joel Linton, Anthony Martial, Ramsey and Douglas Luiz for Villa. In fact, plenty of Villa players up there on the most wavered in. And the players making weight were Mitrovic again, Cash, Emerson Royal, Davies and Forster again. So let's look at all of the team's fixtures um, coming up for the remainder of the season. Now, I'm not literally going to go through and name every individual fixture that each team has left as you're more than capable of checking those out yourselves but I'm going to go down the list uh, alphabetically for each Premier League team who I'm interested in who I'm less so um, and all the ones in between so let's start with Arsenal eight games left they do still have City away Chelsea home and Newcastle away still to go the rest all look very winnable including the next two away at West Ham and home to Southampton um, before that crunch game away at City not many options are going to be left on your waivers, maybe the likes of, of Xhaka or Holding, um, but all of the main guys will be taken. And Aston Villa, again, eight games left. A few more opportunities uh, to consider their incredible form. Uh, good home test against Newcastle this week, followed by Brentford and Fulham. The last five do look tricky on paper, but given their form, um, you may choose to ride with some of these guys right through to the end now. And to Bournemouth, now if they put in a similar performance to the one they did against Leicester against Spurs this weekend, they will likely not leave disappointed. Following this, they've got three cup finals basically against West Ham, Southampton and Leeds. And if they can get five or six points uh, from the next four or so, they'll be more or less assured of safety, which was looking very unlikely um, just a month or two ago. Then to Brentford, obviously a lot of their players have been uh, very popular over the last month or so with the double game weeks. Aside from Forrest at home in 34, I'm not particularly fussed with owning any of their assets now for the remainder of the season. Of course, if you've got Ivan Tony, you, you continue to play him. And if you've got Raya in goal, you play him accordingly. But the rest um, can happily stay in the waiver pile for me. Another popular team in recent weeks is Brighton. Uh, tough defeat against Spurs last week as they deserved all three points. Um, we've got Chelsea away, then a blank, 
then Forest away before a double game week of Wolves home, United at home in 34, um, and then Everton at home in 35. Also consider the fact that game weeks 36 and 37 are also set to be double game weeks, um, as yet unconfirmed. I think if you've managed to snag the likes of Matoma, March, McAllister, then you definitely hold. Those guys can score in any fixture and having them for that final stretch will be well worth the wait. Given their um, their current run, um, which as I said is away to Chelsea, then a blank, um, there could be a few managers tempted to part ways with them on a trade deal. So if you're able to accommodate them on the bench for that blank, um, it could be worth really sticking your neck out, offering someone that seems too good to be true to the fellow manager, and then you can reap the rewards um, for that final stretch where they'll have so many games to play um, with some uh, attacking midfielders in very fine form. So their opponents this week, Chelsea, a mixed bag of remaining fixtures, uh, including visits to Arsenal and City. Again, I could be tempted to completely ignore them now until I'm uh, until I'm doing next season's draft prep. They do still have a double game week to schedule, but that's likely to be uh, a double of Manchester City away and Man United away, which um, doesn't really make them any more attractive. Now, Crystal Palace, uh, I can't remember the last time Palace scored five goals against anyone, but to be honest, if I heard it was against anyone, the fact it was Leeds would not surprise me, but I'll come to them a bit later. I expect Woy will play a reasonably consistent 11, uh, especially so after that result. It was widely expressed just how good their remaining games were when Vieira was sacked. Uh, and it doesn't really matter which fixture difficulty rater you use. It's clear that there are plenty of winnable games remaining uh, with Fulham and Spurs, the only top half teams left to play, which again, shouldn't really put you off. Their remaining home fixtures are Everton, West Ham, Bournemouth and Forest, which is good as you could want. Uh, and it won't surprise you to hear that one or two Palace players make it to the main section of the pod. Now, down at the bottom of the table, Everton, reasonable good fixtures again, but I find myself um, only really on the lookout for their defenders in favourable matchups, like this week, for example, at home to Fulham. Beyond that, if you actually go game by game, there isn't much to excite me um, until Bournemouth at home in game week 38, but even that could be uh, a complete wild card depending on what's riding on it. So, yeah, other than the odd defender, um, not particularly bothered about Everton either. Another team I'm probably going to more or less ignore now until next year is Fulham. Uh, I did mention last week that it'd be hard to predict their games now with uh, Mitrovic out. Uh, Very uninspiring performance against West Ham to give them a much needed win. Um, And as I said, there's not a lot there that's that's really inspiring me. Next is Leeds. Um, Just who knows which Leeds are going to turn up each week. If they're on the front foot and the ball is in the opposing two thirds, they can really stick the knife in. But the more their defenders are forced to play the game, the more trouble they end up in, which seems to remind me of a club a bit closer to my heart. Uh, Anyway, individually, their defenders are just not Premier League calibre. And that's been the case since they returned to the league. Major investment is needed this summer across the whole back line. Whether they stay up or not, I'm not convinced some of those guys are even up to playing 46 games in the championship. There is on average three goals per game um, that they play with most of those coming for the opposition. Now, since Javi Garcia took over um, just before game week 25, they have been 26 goals in seven games, 11-4 and 15 against. 
uh, which is slightly tipping those scales um, in their favour. But still, they are shipping far too many goals. Compare their defence to the other end and you always seem content if you have one of their attackers, providing that they start. Um, generally a mixed bag of remaining fixtures, so we'll just have to play it week to week. Then we go to fellow strugglers, Leicester, and unless something drastically changes soon, um, I'm not convinced they are going to be able to stay in the Premier League. Now, Dean Smith has come in this week. He's there. He's been appointed until the end of the season. Uh, A name I'd sort of largely forgotten about, really, since he left Villa. But um, yeah, we'll have to see. I was surprised to hear he'd only been kept on until uh, the end of this season. I thought he might have got an 18-month deal because... um, you know, wouldn't be a bad shout to get them straight back up again uh, next season. But anyway, he's got a big job on his hands. Uh, I am mentioning a Leicester player up in the main section. Their last win um, came at home to Spurs in game week 23, which feels a long time ago now. And when so many of their squad are coveted by Premier League rivals, you just feel it just needs somebody to come and change the momentum Um, so they can turn the results around. They've got City away this weekend. Felt like that was a great game for potentially a new manager to just come and watch on from the stands before being properly announced on Monday morning, um, before then getting stuck into uh, three massive games against Wolves, Leeds and Everton, which will make or break their season. But um, he will be leading them out for that game away to City uh, and we'll just hope that there is something in the performance that he can build on. Now, besides... Palace, possibly the best run of remaining fixtures, um, falls to Liverpool, uh, including a double game week of Tottenham at home, Fulham at home, which could be a big week for some of their guys later in the year. Uh, Everyone thought that the 7-0 win over United would trigger them to kick on and make a good go at the top four, but they haven't won since. And aside from Salah, none of the Liverpool assets have so far proven their draft day worth, uh, with none of the defenders anywhere near Uh, Trippier's leading defensive tally if you still think there's a late season surge to come there's probably not been a better time in the last few years to uh, to propose trades for these guys with their value and all-time low so if you did fancy bringing in Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Van Dijk even um, then yeah make make that fellow manager an offer now. Then to Man City if they want to win the league they essentially have to win all their remaining games and it's hard to bet against them doing that now A very impressive performance last night against uh, Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Uh, Aside from the Arsenal fixture, they are pretty much overwhelming favourites for the rest of their games and are now settling into a reasonably consistent starting eleven, which is useful for us. The only thing that could complicate matters, as I said, is that um, Champions League run that I've mentioned. looks like they will progress now and we'll have to see how much that becomes a distraction as the weeks tick by. Across the other side to Man United, another very nice run-in with the double still to play, uh, awaiting more news on the Rashford injury, as without him, their season very much could stall. Newcastle, their season looked to have stuttered with three draws uh, and two losses between game weeks 21 and 26, but since then, they have won five on the bounce to put themselves right back in the driving seat for a top-four finish. Their run-in is reasonably tough with Villa away, Spurs at home, Everton away, Arsenal home, Chelsea away, plus some other relegation battlers in there. Isaac and Wilson are really starting to cook and form a good partnership with the rest chipping in here and there. And I do have uh, one of those supporting cast members in the main section very shortly. 
Then we move to the other end of Premier League Fortune to Nottingham Forest. Um, yeah, they're going back down. Possibly the hardest set of fixtures left. They really needed to have banked more points by now if they were going to stay up. Their last win was against Leeds in game week 22. Their home form has been all right, though even that has has faltered recently. But just one win from 15 away games is the form that will take them back down to the championship. Their strikers are fine to own, but other than that, I won't be paying them too much attention now, other than to see who is playing against them each week. Now, that sentiment also applies to Southampton, who are four points from safety and look to have resigned themselves to going down with their failure to appoint a proven manager after Jones was sacked. They would feasibly have to win four of their remaining fixtures, um, which looks difficult, though they do still have games at home to Palace, Bournemouth and Fulham plus an away match to Forest, But yeah, it just seems like they've maybe left themselves a bit too much to do. The quality is lacking and the January additions have done very little to change things, if anything. And Tottenham, okay fixtures. Uh, the best one left is actually this weekend at home to Bournemouth. There are still trips to Newcastle, Liverpool and Villa, plus a home tie against United. Essentially, after this weekend, I won't really be considering them. The only other game you might have a look at is Palace at home in game week 35. Now, following wins against uh, Southampton and Fulham, West Ham have steered themselves away from trouble for now, but they are by no means safe. There are enough winnable games left in their run. Um, and with the likes of Ings, Bowen and Ben Rama, if you look at the rest of the bottom sides, I think they've got way more firepower. I'm probably not going to be advocating for their guys now, but that's not to say... Um, there won't be good weeks. I just don't think they'll be that easy to pick. And finally, Wolves. They've just done enough to get their heads above water and a nice run over the next few weeks before a tough finish. Similar to West Ham, they'll have a good few weeks uh, here and there, but picking their players and the weeks to get them in uh, is a game I will leave to somebody else. So let's get into the main picks. Uh, a frequent flyer on the pod is Anthony Billing, 109 points for the year. I've mentioned him before and I've also mentioned before how low I used to rate him, but he continues to pop up with important goals and remains ahead of some very star names that would have been prized assets on draft day. Following a potentially difficult game uh, away at Spurs this weekend, a very nice run to the end. Um, and given how well he's done so far, we're going to have to put him up in a bracket of must own for most leagues. Then we've got Christian Eriksen, one of my all-time favourites, um, snuck back into the squad with an earlier-than-expected return from injury in their game last week. I think they've really missed him since he's been out, and as soon as he's ready, he'll be back in the starting eleven. The annoying thing is, if he's going to come off the bench again, you've got that followed by a blank, which isn't ideal. Would be a gem to own from game 34 onwards, though, and if you can afford to hold him through that period... Um, I'd consider getting him in now already on eight returns for the year and I expect him to hit double figures come the end of the season let's get to our first Palace player first of a few actually um, that's Jeffrey Schlupp not the most uh, inspiring name had a big game in that win over Leeds his uh, expected goal return for that game was 1.43 came away with an assist uh, his expected goal involvements per 90 over the season um, is 0.21. So we're looking at a return once every five games or so. Not very exciting and they won't face a uh, defence as poor as Leeds again this season. But he's definitely going to start. It could signal an upturn in his form. And if they get another win, the, the feel-good factor will really be back and uh, they could really start sizzling. Another player in the same draft fantasy mould as Schlupp. 
uh, is Willock. Um, now, since the start of March, Willock's underlying numbers put him top 10 in the league with the expected goal returns per 90 of 0.82. Um, and he's actually got three returns in that time. So he's really becoming uh, part of that beating heart in the Newcastle midfield. Could be the understated pick that helps win a couple of key head-to-head matchups as we enter the final weeks and unlikely to attract major interest in the waiver pile. So it could be one that you can sneak in as a second or third pick on your list. Back to Palace, uh, Edson Edouard. His XG was 0.59 in that win over Leeds. Season average of 0.31 per 90 is less convincing with just four goals and two assists in that time. I don't think it's fair to give him the excuse of inconsistent minutes because he has, for periods, been their main man, particularly in the opening 14-15 game weeks. And the win over Leeds was his fourth start in a row too. So I owned him earlier in the year before losing patience. I don't regret dropping him in the slightest. If you're in need of a starter, then he can do a job for you. But I wouldn't go predicting major further returns um, after just that one convincing performance. Then there's his teammate, uh, Jordan Ayew. Big game for him against Leeds, but otherwise it's been a pretty disappointing season. I'm not totally against chasing last week's points as a general rule, but if you go and looking for um, Jordan Ayew this week, uh, you're on your own with that one. And then finally, Kelechi Iheanacho. So as I said, Dean Smith has taken over. Not sure really what I think about that appointment yet, but I think given how short on time they are, it would seem a no-brainer to me to play Iheanacho consistently now until the end of the year um, and just build the team around him and his strengths. I think if you've ended up with a non-playing asset up front and you just need someone that's going to be getting you minutes with better chance of goal returns, um, Ian Acho is probably a more exciting option than some of the Palace guys. Despite patchy minutes, only 220 since the start of last month, he's logged an XG of 0.5 per 90. So basically getting a return every other game um, or we should expect him to get a return every other game, which is a very useful return from a player potentially being fished out of the waiver pile. Into the hidden gems, just a few to mention here. Sam Johnston for Palace. We saw Whitworth come in for a couple last month with Gator's injury, but Crystal Palace now have the luxury of having their backup properly fit to cover another injury to Gator. There was talk pre-season that Johnston could usurp the number one shirt and he now has his chance to prove it for a few very nice games. Ownership is naturally low throughout the leagues and he could be a very nice pickup if you find you don't have a playing keeper next week, which is worth having a peek at. Malassia for United, I mentioned him on last week's pod, a tidy nine-point game week in their win over Everton. The news is positive on Shaw, so it may only be that one match that he comes back in for, but away at Nottingham Forest is a keep um, if you did get him, and the signs are from the press conference that Shaw will remain out. I feel like if you are United with that um, with that gap next week, it could be worth just resting him for one more week, and Malassia can do um, a very adequate job there. And finally, Bertrand Traore for Villa. We haven't seen much of him this year. Um, came off the bench for a superb goal against Everton last week. Bailey came off with what looked like a hamstring injury. Um, he then came on and got his second goal in as many appearances. Given that injury and the goals, I don't see why he doesn't start the next game. And there are far worse teams than Aston Villa to back at the moment. Though they do welcome Newcastle this weekend, who boasts the stingiest defence in the league. My most hidden gem pick this week is Godfrey for Everton. Um, They are at home to Fulham. 
His ownership in 16 team leagues is just 3% with pretty widespread ownership across all league sizes. Um, odds of a clean sheet for Everton are around 40%, which is very decent um, for scraping the barrel and only has to do a job for one week. So that's it for this episode. A reminder that the waivers will be processed at 11am on Friday morning UK time ahead of the opening fixture on Saturday lunchtime between Aston Villa and Newcastle. Just a conventional game week with all 20 teams playing once and we get back into the fixture headaches next week with uh, with a few teams blanking. Um, I mentioned them on last week's pod. That's uh, both Manchester clubs, Man City and Man United, Brighton and Chelsea. So do look ahead to next week. If you're likely to end up with quite a few holes in the squad, um, it could be worth addressing one or two of those this week. If this is your first time listening to the pod, um, nice to have you. Make sure that you're followed and subscribed on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they drop. Also, be sure to head over to draftfc.co.uk and sign up. You can do so on a free trial initially and you'll be able to see loads of stats that you can't find anywhere else, including access to the full global dashboard, which gives you all the ownership percentages I refer to on the pod, and also your personal dashboard, which will break down your personal team and league in a way that you won't be able to find anywhere else. The other way to keep up to date with everything going on over here is to give us a follow on Twitter at draft underscore FC. And this is also the best way to reach out to us should you need to. So best of luck ahead of the Game Week 31 fixtures. Not long to go now. And until next time, stay shook. Stay shook.